Hi everyone and welcome to ADA Podcast. My name is Rachel Freeman and I'll once again be your host today. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tenor and we will discuss the link between diabetes and incontinence with Gabrielle Curran. Gabrielle is a registered nurse and the health support consultant at Tenor. She has been a nurse for 30 years and has worked in primary nursing, tertiary and clinical education roles and management roles. She has also worked in the acute rehabilitation, community and aged care sectors in her career. She has gained experience in continence care as a district and community nurse, as a charge nurse of a stroke unit in rehabilitation with patients with neurological impairments, and more recently working at the coalface and in management in nursing homes. She has consolidated her continence knowledge via continuing education and completion of a certified continence course. Hi, Gabrielle, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hi, Rachel. So before we start, Gabrielle, can you briefly tell us a little bit about how you became involved in this area? Well, at Tenor, we're aware that if people have incontinence and can attribute it to a specific cause, they are much more likely to seek assistance. So as a result, we began looking at causes of incontinence, and diabetes is one that's stood out to us, um, also because it's very prevalent and it's on the increase. But when we looked into the link between diabetes and incontinence, there was very little information or research available. Um, And we also found that nobody was talking about it. But we knew there was a lot of anecdotal evidence to support the link. So we looked into that link thoroughly. And just something of note is that we knew that it took seven years for a person to um, raise the topic with a healthcare professional. So we wanted to flag this link with diabetes education had us to be on the lookout for this link. Great. So thank you again for um, speaking with us today because it sounds like um, an emerging topic and something that our educators would be really interested in. What is the prevalence of incontinence in those with diabetes? Okay, thank you, Rachel. Um, We know that there's 4.8 million people with incontinence in Australia, which equates to one in four women and, and one in 10 men. However, for those with diabetes, it has been found that women with diabetes have up to a 70% greater risk of developing urinary incontinence than women without diabetes. And we found a research study that was performed in uh, Norway in 2011, examined the influence of diabetes on incontinence within a group of 21,000 women. And they found that 39% of women with diabetes had incontinence, which was mostly urge or mixed incontinence, compared to 26% in women without diabetes. Thanks, Gabrielle. So it sounds like um, having diabetes does put people at more risk of incontinence. What are the main links between diabetes and incontinence? Oh, thanks, Rachel. We have identified uh, a few links and the main ones are obesity and nerve damage. Uh, Additionally, some medications can cause complications. So in regard to obesity, being overweight or obese puts pressure on the bladder and can lead to urinary frequency or urge incontinence. And of course, excess excess weight puts a strain on pelvic floor muscles. And in regard to nerve damage, the glucose molecule is a large molecule molecule that pulls fluid into the bloodstream. So if blood glucose levels remain chronically elevated, it can result in increased urine output and then some frequency and then some increased thirst. And this could all lead to possible urge incontinence. And about 60% of people with diabetes have some form of nerve damage, especially those who have been poorly managed or have had diabetes for a long time. And they can, over time, develop a neurogenic bladder that can affect bladder function. 
which could lead to incontinence or urinary retention. And in regard to diabetes medication, all diabetes medication aims to lower blood glucose levels. And some medications can result in increased urine output and then possible urge incontinence. And some medications can cause diarrhea, which could lead to fecal incontinence. Um, and also insulin can cause weight gain. And in regard to other medications that some people with diabetes may be on, which is a diuretic, they could also cause urinary frequency, which could lead to urge incontinence. And some antibiotics to treat a urinary tract infection can cause diarrhea, which could result possibly in faecal incontinence. And it's important to note here also that incontinence in the elderly is not normal. It should not be dismissed as part of um, just getting old, which is how uh, many elderly people are given that phrase. Great. Thanks, Gabrielle. Um, that's some um, really good information. So what should an educator be on the lookout for? Well, there's many things that might trigger a suspicion that someone is hiding an incontinence issue. So these are the things we wanted to flag with diabetes educators. So the following are going to be some of the common things that may be occurring and for diabetes educators to be on the lookout for. So they may be voiding frequently, which is more, more than eight times a day. Uh, they may be regularly, regularly needing to get up overnight, which is more than twice overnight. They may be rushing to the toilet for fear of having an accident. Uh, they may also smell of urine because they're experiencing some leakage. They may be saying they're having a shower several times a day, which could be due to accidents. They may be saying that they're changing their clothes or underwear frequently because they're having accidents. Or they may disclose that they're rejecting or um, avoiding drinking water or any fluids because they fear fear of incontinence. Or they may say they've got a reluctance to go out socially or go on any uh, long trips in the car because they're worried about having an accident. And also they may be saying that they've got excuses about doing any form of exercise because they're worried about leakage. They may be straining to empty their bladder or bowel, which could be some signs of early urinary retention. Thanks, Gabrielle. And some of those things um, our educators may notice without the person with diabetes actually bringing them up. And as you said, in the first place, it could take them seven years to actually mention some of these things. Um, do you have any tips of how to bring up a conversation like that? Yes, well, look, we've, um, we've got a, um, some really great ideas here about some simple things that diabetes educators could flag with clients if they're suspicious that they've got an incontinence issue. So some of them could be uh, advising them to drink well, which means don't avoid fluids for fear of having an accident and we've got to make sure that they don't get dehydrated and let them know that if their urine is um, going to become concentrated, it actually causes irritation to the bladder and it will lead to some urgency. And over time, if they are not drinking enough, it actually reduces their bladder capacity, which is going to cause irritation as well. Um, avoiding fizzy drinks and caffeinated drinks and alcohol will actually reduce any irritation to the bladder because caffeine causes irritation. If they are smoking, um, that's also regarded as an irritant. So if they were able to cut back or give up if possible. And in regard to exercise, which can also be um, difficult for some people um, or the elderly. So it's a matter of um, advising them that exercise can assist in weight loss 
and it can also assist um, in their bowel movements and prevent, hopefully prevent some constipation. And then if they are exercising, advising them to wear a continence pad so they have confidence and they feel dry and they'll feel secure. Uh, it's also important to emphasise with clients that stable blood sugar levels will overall reduce their risk of any nerve damage and that's really, really important. And if they are able to engage in some pelvic floor exercises, um, this will help with their uh, incontinence or their risk of incontinence. And we do have a link on our website about pelvic floor exercises. Another thing is about voiding properly. So it's about trying to advise clients not to be rushed when they go to the toilet. And when they do go to the toilet, to take their time to void properly. So to fully empty their bladder. We also have some information about the correct way to be sitting on the toilet, which is also on our website, and we have a link to that. A lot of people think that if they hold on for longer, it's actually um, a better idea, and it is. It actually does increase their bladder capacity. And also, some people go to the toilet just in case, and it's actually not a good idea because what it does over time is reduce the overall bladder capacity. And if you find that someone does have some problems with incontinence, it's about talking to them about the clothes that they're wearing, making sure they're easy to pull up and pull down and to undo. Also to be on the alert for any signs of a urinary tract infection, which could also lead to some temporary or uh, permanent, you know, temp usually temporary incontinence. The diabetes educators could also help them with ordering some continence samples or products, um, just so that can, they can regain some control. Yeah, and we've got links to that on our website as well. Great. Thanks, Gabrielle. And I mean, some of that advice is beneficial for their diabetes management as well. You know, uh, exercising, trying to uh, decrease their smoking or give up smoking. So I'm sure that our educators can weave that into conversations with their patients and it will also help their incontinence or prevention of incontinence in the future. I was just going to add, that, Rachel, that um, we felt that there was sort of like this loop that could develop if uh, people People are fearful of uh, going outside either to engage socially or, or to exercise. It could just be simply because they're having some urinary leakage. So it could be as simple as that. So if you could actually look into that, even even though it's going to help with their diabetes, but it may just be something that they're really not talking about. Absolutely. Yep. And I think we can try and start those conversations and help both their diabetes management and their incontinence issues if they have any. Yes. So thank you so much for your time today. Before we conclude this session, are you able to give us some take-home messages for our listeners? Yes, of course, Rachel. So um, unlike diabetes, incontinence is not life-threatening, but it can affect a person's quality of life through less social interaction and exercise. And we encourage um, diabetes educators to discuss this link with their clients so that they know what to do and what not to do. And also the, we have flyers available that diabetes educators can order from the Tenor website and you can actually hand them out to your clients. And the flyers include tips and hints and how to access samples and purchasing options um, ongoing if they need incontinence products. And also if your educators are more interested about this topic on incontinence, you can go to our Tenor professional website, which is tenorprofessionals.com.au. And Rachel, just as a final thought, if your educators could possibly discuss the pre prevalence, you know, 4.8 million people in Australia have, have incontinence. Um, I think it may make their cl your clients feel less embarrassed to talk about it. So they actually don't feel so alone. And maybe it's a good way of sort of starting off the topic about exploring the possibility that they may 
may have this link and then talking about the ways that it can be addressed. Great. Thank you um, very much again for joining us today. And we thank Tenna uh, for sponsoring this podcast. We will provide uh, links on our website to the podcast and also to additional resources and the Tenant Professionals website for extra information. And we thank you to our listeners for joining us again today. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Gabrielle.